Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and this guy is... John Pigeon. John, it's a banging episode today. We're covering a fair bit of ground. Are we? We are. We are. Now, you're going to do a property market update. September has just passed, so you're going to do that. The world's gone nuts over Spaceship. Do you know what I'm talking about? Something uh, in outer space that's now charging or something? Exactly, exactly. The book's out. We've got an update from Harriet from last week with the car thing. Yes. Uh, And we're going to do another little after party and update everyone from last week as well Mm. on my block of land sitch the twist the twist and turns so we are in for a fun episode everyone thank you so much for listening we value you we value any comments or feedback you can send that through to questions at mymillennial.money if you've got any questions for the show or john and i questions at mymillennial.money uh, they'll get priority if you send an audio question so a little recording on your phone we just want to make this podcast a bit more dynamic Mm. So, you know, last week we did the Harriet question via audio, and that was awesome. It was. So, keep that up. All right. Well, we might jump right into it. And thank you, everybody, for purchasing. And if you're about to purchase the book, sort your money out and get invested. That's officially out. You can buy it from wherever good books are sold, as they say. And I was... um, I'm just, yeah, I am still actually blown away by the support. And as a personal weird thing, like as a kid in his teens, I loved personal finance books. And, you know, you'd read, you know, the, all the top personal finance books and all the old ones and all the good old stuff and all that. And to see my own book now in the top 10 lists with those other names... Mm. It's just fascinating. It is. And perfect timing because Christmas is just around the corner, Glenn, and, and people can buy a gift. And I actually did a video on your book today. I was that excited about receiving a copy. Well, thank you, John. All right, let's get into it. All right, John, so can you just start with a bit of a property update then we'll we'll talk about this spaceship that's come crashing down yes all right so uh september market update Mm. um i I think generally speaking around the country housing markets not unit or apartments um prices continue to rise and nothing's slowing that bad boy down and still in lockdown just so there is a bit of hesitation from vendors listing their properties and buyers buying properties because they can't go and physically inspect in a lot of cases or not freely anyway. So I think uh, what's happening post lockdown, and I'm talking Sydney, Melbourne coming out of it. Yeah, and I'm um, going to ask you, I know other states because there's a lot of listeners that obviously aren't in the New South Wales, Victoria. Yeah, so their markets um, business as usual, right. and yeah. 
vacancy rates non-existent um, days on market continue to reduce and just prices continue to grow so what if you're doing comparable sales six months ago don't even bother like it's just moving that fast Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I think if we're Sydney and Melbourne post lockdown we're going to see a lot more properties listed and generally in spring we see a lot more anyway Um, but we're also going to see a lot more buyers out there so I think that'll still be in the favour of the vendor Um, but that doesn't mean you can't find good deals it's just you've got to look a bit harder and be a bit more strategic so I think generally speaking and and this doesn't apply to anyone who hasn't got a property but if you have got a property and you've had it for the last 12 months and and longer it's time to get a value out and get some equity out and just have it sitting there even if you've got no intention to to go and buy another property or do anything with it, you've got it there. It's guaranteed sitting in your offset um, to use when you want to because if prices do flatten or dip, and it, it doesn't even need to dip but just flatten, the, the valuer doesn't leap out of bed anymore. They roll out and think, yeah, okay, this is worth this because I'm a bit more conservative than I was six months ago. So... Getting evaluation now is is optimum time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So we know there's been a squeeze in New South Wales and Victoria. Has there been a lot of pressure on the ground with you know Perth and Adelaide prices? Uh, we know Brisbane's tight, and mm. you know. Yeah, I was looking at some data today to suggest that Perth is slowing slightly, uh, as is Adelaide. So, yeah, just. Um, when I when I say slowing, it doesn't. There's still growth occurring. It's just not at the at the rate that it was. Um, Darwin not as much anyway. So there's, there's people sitting around and they they ring me and say, John, I'm going to wait till this this um, boom is over. Well, the problem with doing that is we don't know how long until it is over, mm. and it could be two years based on low interest rates, and so. If we're waiting until then, even if the market comes back 5%, at the end of that, we might be still 10% behind actually buying now. Mm. So I'd be really cautious if I was doing that. Well, it's interesting because Frydenberg um, tapped APRA on the shoulder and wanted them, this was last week, to look at the serviceability uh, figures for expenditure of discretionary income. And for the mortgage brokers listening, you'll know what we're talking about. But put simply, there's different thresholds that the bank can land on based on people's living expenses. And APRA want to make it so the benchmark is a little bit higher, which in turn allows people to borrow slightly less because they're using more money on living expenses. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that's interesting. Um, and, and as we know, servicing is based on people's ability to repay debt. So mm. if uh, if their income has dipped or they've got another loan, that uh, a personal loan or car loan, that's going to affect them dramatically. But yeah, they'll want to do something and they, that there is talk that they'll hit investors first. But investors make up such a small component of the markets in general. Mm. So I don't think that'll make too much difference. I called St. George last week and said, I want you to lower my rates, please. And they said, no, we can't. I said, well, I saw someone else with a St. George variable rate the other day and it was lower than what I've got. So uh, you can, Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's actually possible. And I said, please. And I said, please. And, and basically they said, well, 
we need a letter from your mortgage broker to say that there's proof that there's other rates. I'm like, okay, sure. So I got a mortgage broker to write a letter and they called me. What did they do? I know this is not really a property update, but... Um, I turned it into... What did we do? They took 0.33% off. Okay. Which is pretty good yeah. chunk. So what's that? Save maybe around... On a five hundred grand mortgage, save sixteen fifty a year. Mm. And, and that's the thing; they're not going to reach out, drop you an email no. or a phone call, and say, "Hey, do you know you're paying point three three too much?" Mm. So I just called up and said, "I can you do anything with it?" They say no, and I said, "Oh, can you put me through to the retentions team?" Mm. Um, may as well ask. Well done. Yeah, I don't usually do that crap, but I saw someone else's loan, yeah. and I'm like, "Hang on, got annoyed." I'm with St George, so. Your property update is it's still berserk most places. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. So we, I'm talking house housing market right. generally. Um, now, there is also some shift in the unit apartment scene, but it's a lot more pocketed based on the supply and demand. So, mm. yeah. And, and I think there'll be a trickle of that follow after the, the housing market subdues a little bit in particular areas. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, for the first time, yeah, supply and demand is in a lot better check in that unit space in, in um, capital cities. Right. So any tips for somebody who is trying to crack in and buy a place in this hot market? Just, you know, keep up, keep it up? <laughs> yeah, you've got to be really aggressive. Um, what I mean by aggressive is... You've got to have obviously your pre-approvals in place. You've got to have your strategy really firm and set and you've just got to knock down doors of real estate agents. So if you haven't got seven or eight uh, real estate agents in speed dial on your phone, you, you're getting left behind um, and you want to have all of them. Um, now, they won't freely ring you because they don't need to. So you want to be ringing them saying, right, what have you got coming onto the market and you, you may be two or three days ahead of a lot of others, which is all you need to be to, to place an offer. And I would be placing, um, depending on which state you're in as to how well you can do this, but I would be placing multiple offers at one time to get a result. It sounds to me like because we both own the home we live in, so we're not renting or trying to buy our first home. It reminds me of when people who have been married for 25 years and they're like, oh, I'm glad I'm not in the dating game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds exhausting. <laughs> well, it is exhausting for a lot of people, but it's their version of exhausting. Mm. I, I just say to people, look, it's three months of your life that you need to dedicate to this and then you can move on. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Now, anything else you want to add with that little property update? No, that's, uh, that's all, I think. Yeah. It's just it's hot out there. It is, yeah. And I mean, you can go to Solve Our Wealth, John's Instagram, because he's got a video about that as well. So if you want to get your property update happening more so. Now, the um, the world ended last week when Spaceship came out and announced that they're changing their fee structure, John. Mm, did hear that. And so basically how it goes at the moment, if you've got up to $5,000 in their managed fund or in your app or whatever you want to call it, your account, no fees. And then over $5,000 percentage point, I think it's like 0.1 or something like that. They've come out and said, all right, peeps, things are going to be a little bit different around here. You know, there's a new sheriff in town uh, and all that stuff. And they're basically, we're changing our fee structure. So from November this year, what they're doing is 
uh, they're ditching the percentage based fee mm-hmm. and they're just saying, all right, everyone, if you've got over a hundred dollars in your account, it's $2.50 a week. Yeah. Wow. No, sorry. $2.50 a month. Month. Yeah. So cough up. Yeah. And we'll take that out of your primary investment option. Mm. So it was actually funny in the Facebook group and I was in another Facebook group in another money Facebook group. It was meltdown. People were losing their mind. Yeah, right. You're going to charge me $30 a year (laughs) for this thing that I was getting for nothing. On my $400. Yeah. So I I know I'm being a bit dramatic and outraged and I am having a bit of fun with you. uh, But I mean, like I went to Grilled once and paid more than $30. Mm. Like it's not a lot of money. And if you've got spare money to invest you're doing better than a lot of people that don't even have a spare $10 to invest. Yeah, that's right. It's just change for people and people don't like change. Do you think others will follow? Well, they were kind of the last frontier for fee-free investing. Mm. And I've got some numbers here that I want to walk everyone through. But actually, it was the only, um, (laughs) so funny, the only paragraph that we took out of the book that didn't go to print I put a paragraph in there warning people of fee-free investments. Right. And it was just interesting because I basically, my whole premise, you know, I'm, you know, considered old now, right? (laughs) Yes. Nothing's ever free. No. And if you've got an investment account and they're saying, come and invest with us, Mm. there's no cost. You know, there's no cost for your first dose of heroin either, John. Mm. I'll give it to you. Mm. Here, have some Coke. Yeah. Have some nose beers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have some goey. Like, just have some. But, you know, at, at some point, I'm going to turn the tap off and yeah. say, you've got to start paying now. Pay up. So, it's a loss-leading strategy. Mm. So, there's there's no shock to me that they've turned around and said, we're changing our fee structure. Yeah. Everyone pays now. Like, this is a non-starter. Mm. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, walk everyone through how to calculate it. Uh, themselves and maybe what we need to do going forward if we do have lower amounts. Yeah. Because I know I'm being a bit dramatic and everyone's like, oh, he's... Percentage of money's invested. Yeah. And like, I I just, I like to have a bit of fun and cause a bit of drama, but um, there's nothing free ever. This podcast, it's free, quote unquote, but you have to listen to me advertise chat. Yeah. It's it's smart by them to be able to get everyone in on the basis that it's free and then down the track start charging. Well, but the thing is, and this is my whole thing, uh, and I won't say that it's Spaceship uh, specifically, um, but as a general loss leading strategy, right, you you want to get people in. And so instead of kind of the marketing spend, it almost doesn't exist because you just don't charge people and they tell people and then That's right. you can refer your friends. So it's... but. Basically, I called it a while ago that I thought it was more of a loss-leading strategy to get people into their ecosystem because they've got a super offering, which the fees are a little bit expensive. Mm. And, you know, if you're 25 years old, John, and you've got $10,000 in super or you're 30 years old with 30000 or whatever the numbers, numbers are, mm. you might be strapped for cash outside of super in your day-to-day life, but you might have heaps of super. Mm. Oh, I, I invest here with this company. 
It's Marshall. cheap. Marshall. Oh, I may as well throw my super in. Yeah. And they'll make their money that way. Yeah. So, this is no surprise that things change. And in fact, I think it is still in the book. I talked about my own... Um, we need to throw that chair to buggery. It's cracking and... That's a white. Yeah. We... Um, so, it, my own, like, this is my own vibe with companies and, like, I love startup tech. I love these type of companies. But what happens is most people who start up a company will build it up and then sell it, which can mean if you're the user of that new startup company, you end up in a legacy product, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a bank will come in and scoop up that company now we've got a database to sell stuff to and it takes model. out the competition. Yeah. Because that's what happened with, um, I think, the 86400 bank. Mm. So, it's a new startup bank. Oh, cool, cool, cool. NAB walks in, yoink. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happens, not even financial products. It's the same thing happens, you know, with Coca-Cola. There'll be a cool new drink that someone gets out there with and, you know, they've got the distribution. Yeah. Coca-Cola just buy it to get the distribution. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's no then, new principles here. And it's not new to us because we're considered old now. But if you're under 25, this is just kind of how the commercial world works. And I'm a little yeah. bit more skeptical with new financial products. And, and as an end user, it's a bit like your St. George example. You've mm. just got to continue to assess what you're doing and what you've got. Mm. And if you don't like it, you, you change it or stay. Yeah, that's right. And so for me, like I personally don't use Spaceship because I don't need to, but my worry is that, well, what if I am invested into this? It's an unlisted managed fund with a nice app on the front of it. I believe it's privately owned. Uh, what if they just decide to sell it one day and the big investment company who buys it, they're like, well, we're, no re we're not really taking new money into that now. We're going to put all new money into the other pool over here. And, yeah. and Call me, um, you know, tin foil and all that, but I think it is good to have a healthy level of scepticism hmm. just to always just pulse check. Yeah, not not to hold you back, but just no. to assess, yeah. So let's explain a couple of things here. What I might do is for those new and who haven't heard of this investment uh, product called Spaceship, uh, they hit the scene with this, um, you know, invest in the future, you know, it's got the spaceship, we're going places and all that. And they've basically at the moment got, they started off with one investment option and now on the app, and we're not talking about super, we're talking about uh, in the money world, it's called ordinary money. So we're talking about ordinary money. Um, they've got now three investment options. Uh, the main one was the, I believe it was the universe per portfolio. And then they've got an Earth portfolio, which is their newest one. And they've also got a, an, an Origin portfolio. Uh, it was either Origin or um, Universe that was the first one, or they might have started with two. Again, I don't get in the weeds with most products. Now, I just first want everyone to know that the spaceship investments, they are very high-risk investments. Like I've got the printout of the three PDFs here. Each investment option has a minimum suggested time frame for holding the investment of seven years. Wow. So, you know, you're not using Spaceship just to park money in there for 10 minutes. 
So, so it's on the basis that people's money is not going to be substantial? Well, yeah, because it's it's basically a micro-investing mm. platform. Like you can put $5 in there yeah. and start investing, which is awesome. And it's actually quite cheap. Mm. Like there's no buy-sell fees. Um, and if you want to know what they are, watch the Vanguard platform video I did. I explained fees there. Uh, it's on YouTube. So let's have a look at one of the profiles. So the Spaceship Universe portfolio, 70 to 80% um, allocation to international equities, primarily on the US stock market, 15 to 25% uh, Australian listed companies and cash, you know, up to 10%. Yeah, wow. So it's a 90% growth portfolio. Mm. Like Very my sure. own investments, probably 80% growth. Like this is, a, yeah. we're not dicking around here. No. And there is 70 to 100 companies in the fund they, when they did launch, they actually got fined by ASIC because they said, we're actively choosing the most best investments or whatever the words are for the future. Yeah. And ASIC are like, well, it's deceptive marketing because you primarily are an index fund. Mm. So, you're not really picking. Yeah. So, but I think they've kind of worked through all that. And I believe, you know, no one's perfect and you're not going to, um, you know, they've, they paid the fine and they changed it and that's yeah. cool. They're still around. Uh, but it's primarily uh, an index fund and that's probably why it's cheap. But it's an unlisted managed fund and I reserve the right to say all this stuff might not, don't take it as gospel. I'm just talking yeah. here. Um, the Origin portfolio, uh, up to 200 companies in the fund. Uh, again, um, up to 80% international equities, 15 to 25 uh, Australian so if you're close to retirement, you're not going to be putting all your hard-earned into something like that. Well, it's it's if you're close to retirement, you're probably going to use super more than um, you know ordinary money most of the time. And then the Earth portfolio is their ethical portfolio. Got eighty-five to one hundred percent Australian and international equities, and up to fifteen percent cash or defensive. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, 30 to 50 funds. Now, the risk profile for the Earth portfolio is very high, where the other two is just high, but they've all got 7%. So, these managed funds, they're 90% growth. And And what's been their average returns? Well, and this is a good segue, John. If a portfolio has a minimum suggested hold time of seven years, we don't really care what the last 12 months has done. No. Because... You know, it's the product is designed to be invested in growth assets and it's recommended that you hold it for at least seven years. So having said that, and this is the problem that is starting to creep into the money world with um, some of these newer money apps, they're majoring on the 12-month returns at the moment for marketing because they're really juicy. So for example, the... Spaceship Universe portfolio, one year to the end of August was 31.74%. But we know that most of it's international equities and the US market's gone berserk. Um, The origin portfolio is 21%. But again, it doesn't mean anything because it's only 12 months. And they haven't got the track record to average out over the last five years. Well, And this is it. The longest that they've got is... Um, it started in 2018 mm. 
uh, 30% for the universe portfolio and just under 13% for the origin portfolio. So 39 months. Yeah. Now, Glenn James, I'm not investing most of the time in companies and funds without a half decent track record. But that's yeah. just me. And and not everyone's Glenn James. That's so right. They can go and look at that and say, well, 31 or whatever percent it was for the last 12 months, I'm in. Yeah, but it's not. it doesn't mean it's going to happen for the next 12 months. Yeah, I know, and but that's... Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is what kind of leads down the garden path. You know, we haven't even talked about the fees yet because fees come last. We need to understand what the actual portfolio mm. does, how it's working, does it fit in with our goals. Now, I think these type of products are really good, like the Spaceship and Rays, to put your toe into investing, yep. just to see the lines move, just to start to understand. So I'd encourage anyone to read the PDS of you know, this or Rays or any yep. other type of investments just to start learning and the fees come after the fact yeah and i think it's good what you've done there is is you've done some research albeit half an hour to print that out and and read it and understand it mm. to then give you an educated uh, position yes. on it all yeah and in the investing chapters in the book i've done that with a handful of investment options mm. i've profiled them i've done the research so you can actually follow me yeah. of how i research things yeah it's good and it doesn't start with the fee so yeah. in this money world, we need to move away from what's the fee first because that can't be first. It can't be no. – it's like in the property world, we're not doing a strategy with tax as the primary driver. Mm. It will come into a consideration because yeah. if we go down the garden path like, yep, this investment ticks my box, yep, it meets that strategy, yep, it's the right ownership structure – Okay, so we've arrived at a point where we need an investment into international and Australian equities. We would like ethical. We, we don't want it in superannuation because we need it in eight years' time. We're already down this garden path. Now we can look at what will within that will suit rather than just going, all right, what's the cheapest investment option? Oh, spaceship, they're free under five grand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, and even in the book, John, I, I profiled uh, a super fund their cheap investment option and their more expensive investment option and the more expensive investment option did better. Mm. And I explain why. Which is often so, the case, yeah. Yeah, so it's not all about fees. But having said that, and I'm actually not anti-spaceship. I think it's a good little cheap fund to dip your toe in the water. Yeah, get started. But you need to know it's a very, very aggressive fund. Mm. and But it's still cheap. But you've got to know in the background they probably want to get their mitts on your super money to make money. Yeah. You might see in the background, you might start getting offers in your inbox for loans or, you know, other marketing activities so they can clip the ticket if you get your car insurance. Like you go to bloody Woolworths now and they're selling you car insurance. You freaking Kogan have a Kogan super now. Mm. Like the world's gone nuts. Yeah. It's all about distribution, white labeling products. And this is why you need to be hyper vigilant to actually have a solid strategy and not get swayed. Yeah. Like, cool. Self-education. Like I bought a cheap TV on Kogan. Awesome. Oh, they got Kogan Super. Sweet. Doesn't need, I need to run and move my Super to Kogan. Mm. Like, friggin' hang your hat on something. Yep. Now I like today, it. No, now I like it. But, so I want to just teach a couple of people now live 
And I must apologize if this is your first ever podcast listening to me. Um, <laughs> I've been up since 4.30am. <laughs> That's why I'm a bit... What is it, dog barking? Yeah, a bit edgy. So, this is what we do, guys. I want you to grab your calculator if you're not driving or mowing the lawn or whatever. So, what we first need to do is Spaceship has $2.50 a month fees, right? So, we need to turn with all investments, what you need to do to work out the cost of it, we need to annualize the flat fee, so make it yearly and work out if you just had X amount in, how much it would cost you per year in percentage terms. So, we're going to do this as a, a lesson, a class lesson. Let's do it. So, let's. I've got my calculator here, 2.5 times 12, oh my gosh, it equals 30. So, $30 a year, okay? Now, if we just had $100 in Spaceship with their new fee from November, $30 a year in terms of fees versus our $100 investment, that's 30%. I don't have to be a magician and magical math person to work that out, right? Which is the same as their 12-month 12 12 return. <laughs> yeah, so me personally, I'm not paying 30% in fees. No. It's a non-starter. Mm. That's ridiculous. Mm. But also, if my plan is to only have $100 in there ever, I've got bigger problems because I probably shouldn't just have $100 invested in. And I think what we'll find is, you know, the the whole micro-investing world, because it's not as new anymore, mm. it might not be as accessible. It'll still be accessible, but you might have to pay some fees along the way. So let's just keep going down the garden path here. So now how we work out fees, once we get above that easy one, you know, $30, $100, 30%, we go $30. Let's work out if we had um, $500 invested. Just for that year, we didn't add to it. It didn't grow. It stayed at 500. We're getting our calculator. $30 divided by 500 equals 0.06. It's better. And if you want, you can press times 100 on your calculator and it says six, which is 6%. So again, if I've got an investment that ticks all my boxes, am I paying 6% for an investment? No. Want to be a good I'm return, not. wouldn't it? I mean, if it was some weird hedge fund and, mm. you know, they charge me 6%, but there's a, you know, they've got a very strong track record of picking winners and it might be a 1,200% return, I'd probably entertain it. But yep. in the main, um, this flat fee with Spaceship, it's probably better than their percentage base return because the more money you have in it, the fee actually goes down. As a percentage. Percentage goes down, yep. Whereas their current fee structure, and this is probably what a lot of people have missed, their current fee structure is like 0.2%. So, the more money you have in there, the more fees you just keep paying. Yeah. So, let's have another look. So, $1,000 at 30, um, $30 a year is 3%. Yep. Okay. Um, let's do another type of round number. So, let's do $2,000. So we go 30 divided by 2,000 equals 0 0.015. And again, we can go times 100 just to make it easier for us. 1.5. 1 1.5. So 1.5%. So let's just park there. 
$2,000, that could be a higher barrier to entry to save up $2,000 and then start investing. But we know with growth portfolios, so the, the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund, for example, over the last 10 years, and this has got a fund of a long track record, mm. uh, it's done 12% return. It's good. Now, over the next 10 years, what will Spaceship do? I can almost guarantee it's not going to be 30% each year. No. Like, it's just the right place, right time. But, hey, if Good I'm marketing. wrong, sorry, uh, and all that stuff. So, if we assume that a long-term investment return from a diversified portfolio with high growth, like 90%, um, with a chunk of international equities, you know, 40%, chunk of Australian equities is doing 12%, okay, long-term. Mm. Would we be prepared to pay 1.5% in fees, which would basically take the actual return down to about 10.5%. Yep. So we know that over the long term, because we're not investing for one year or two years and Spaceship want you to invest more than seven years, mm. we need to say, well, I don't need the money now to spend. I need it for later. I can't get more than 2% on a magical introductory rate with a cash account with an online bank. Well, do I want to put it to work for 1.5% knowing that, on average, I might be on track, you know, to get around 10% return yeah. over the next seven to 10 years. Yeah, it's pretty good. And you don't have to leave it there seven years, of course. That's right. But you need to, with investing, invest with the intention not to need to pull it down mm. within that. Now, if you want a shorter time frame, what you would do is you would look at a less growth portfolio. It might be a 70% growth. Mm. And again, I really don't want to sound like a broken record, but this is all the concepts that I just nail in the book. Yeah. And so, but let's, I've got some other examples here, John. Let's go $30, the annual fee, divided by $5,000, okay? Equals 0. 0.006. So, we go times 100, 0.6%. So, we're saying $5,000, if we had $5,000 in Spaceship, the $30 flat fee is 0.6% a year. It's getting to the point where, uh, what's the problem? Doesn't matter. Yeah. So would you say two grand would be your tipping point to say, well, no, the fees well, are bugger all? Well, or this is, it, and I, I did it on, you know, $10,000 is 0.3%, yep. which is cheap. $15,000 is 0.2%, which yep. is cheap. And remember, they do the consolidated tax reporting. They'll send you a form at the end of the year yep. saying, put these amounts into your tax return. Yeah. They've got a cool app. It's all good, right? So, what are we getting at? So, I think where I've arrived with this is if you are interested in investing, be it Spaceship, be it uh, Vanguard Personal Investor, which is the YouTube review that I've done, and I probably should do a YouTube review of Spaceship and Raise. You should. Um, and thanks, John, for that encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you seem as though you're not, not that busy, you know, you can whip um, that up. So basically, you know, 10,000, where was I? Um, oh, that's what I was saying. So if you've resolved that I want to invest and you pick a horse and you ride it, okay? So you've picked Spaceship because 
you've looked at the PDS, you like that, hey, they're going for growth, baby. There is highly concentrated to the USA. You know, take me there, baby. Hit me, baby, one more time. You know, pew, 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 America, America. <laughs> All that, you know, you understand what you're investing in. High risk, at least seven years. You might say, well, I've only got $500 right now. But for the next 12 months, for me to learn about markets, for me to learn about investing is 6% in fees or $30 worth the lesson for that first 12 months if you had $500? Yeah. I'm going out on a limb and saying yes. Yeah, not bad. Now, when you say- and, Oh, sorry. Can I just jump in there as well? Sure. I think- um, Spaceship at two dollars fifty a month because raises three dollars fifty. Right, and that monthly fee is also tax deductible. People, so it's actually. I I know you're outraged that you were getting your cocaine for free, and now the deal is like I need some money. I'd be outraged too, mm. but we've just got to step back and understand in percentage terms. You know, if you're going to have a hundred dollars and put a hundred dollars in there, and not put any more money in each year, it ain't for you, baby. It's going to run out quick. But you might say, well, I really want to get invested and, and start to understand. I'm going to put $100 in and the target is within the next two and a half, three years is to get up to that $1,500, $2,000 mark. Yes, it's expensive along the way to get to that kind of threshold of, you know, so two grand is 1.5% in fees, getting up there. Mm. But if you're a beginner, is it worth to pay it to start to learn and educate yourself? I think the answer is yes. But you yeah. just don't want to be paying that amount uh, for the next seven years. No. When you say high risk, yep. um, explain to the listeners. Jeez, we've been going bloody 40 minutes. I know. Uh, explain to listeners just how high risk is it? Like, is it putting $100 in and potentially losing it all? No, uh, I don't think you would actually lose it all. But all I'm saying is because it's 90% growth in international and US, uh, US, you know, international shares and Australian equities, there could be a year that that return says negative 25%. Where if you had, you know, $100 in the bank account and you opened it one day and it said, you know, $75 or $80 left. Yeah, be surprised. You you might be taken back a bit. And that's why the price of entry to pay $30 for the next 12 months to dick around with some small amounts and start to learn. Mm. You spend more on your freaking two Cosmopolitans. If that is that a drink? <laughs> It's a book, isn't it? Magazine. You, John had a few <laughs> sips the other night um, when he was watching the AFL grand final a few weeks ago. Coronas. He spent more than $30 on a couple of drinks. So, I, did. I want you to put this in perspective, everybody. Yeah. So, um, good learning curve. I like that. Mm. They've said seven years because, as you said, it could lose 20% one year, grow 30 the next. Mm. Um, people make the mistake in that sense, not the actual product, mm. and you know what you're signing up for, so understand it, um, and and get get taught, taught, taught yourself. Yeah, and and to be honest, if um, you know, if anyone at Spaceship is listening, and you want to come on and correct me, you feel free to come on the podcast. You know, I'll charge you. 
uh, because, you know, you're a commercial entity. If you want to come on, that's fine. We'll do a sponsored episode. But um, Let's do it. It's, uh, and this was the heart behind, you know, me doing these examples and I, I felt a bit grumpy because I get passionate yeah, uh, so. and I really apologize and I'm, I'm not hating anyone or having a go at anyone, but it's just an educational thing and I really hope that the book does help dispel yep. that. Yeah, totally. All right, that's cool. Um, thank we'll, you for sharing that. We've yeah. got some questions. Yeah, so we'll take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be back out of that. P.S. Love you, everyone. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Okay, do you want to read, there's a question in the Facebook group, but I might actually skip that one for now, John. Do you want to read the one from Caitlin? So, Caitlin says, hi, Glenn. Turning- oh, and, and John. <laughs> no, nah, she wrote Put to it me. left out. Yeah. Sorry, Caitlin. Thanks for that. Um, turning to you and the team for some advice. Oh, um, team. There I am. There you go. I'm about to be 24, living at home, paying board, and have 100000 saved for a deposit towards a house with no debit debt. No debt. I have a goal that sees me working overseas for six months to a year, starting in around six months' time. I want to set myself up financially so that I am not behind once I return. I've played around with some shares, but not confident in putting a large portion of the 100K in there. Don't blame me. My question is, what is... John, we (laughs) encourage people to invest at their own level. My question is, what are some things I need to think about if I were to buy a house budget of 600k before I go overseas and rent it out while I'm away. Can you suggest alternative money plans that will set me up so that I'm not wasting this time with 100k just sitting there? I want to return set up to pay the mortgage off as quick as I can and buy another investment before I am 30. I just don't know how I can do this. Appreciate any advice you can provide. Thanks, Caitlin. Seriously, love you, Caitlin. Good on you, Caitlin. How good's that? Yeah, it's amazing. Hundred grand, twenty four years old. Yeah, slaughtering. Been working since she was ten. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, or she got an inheritance. All that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or she's actually never had a job in her life. Um, (laughs) No, I. um, Gosh, you've got a hundred grand. You're a saver. You're a worker. Mm. Um, I'm probably, you know, would you throw? I mean, you, would you just throw a hundred grand at a house, get a five hundred grand mortgage, and a tenant would service that all day long, and then get on your merry way? If you copy, you've read my notes, haven't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly what I'm doing. But the question is for Caitlin: Will so she wants to live in it when she gets home? So do we know that? Well, she says she wants to pay off the mortgage when she gets home. Yeah. So. A mortgage, yeah. You know, this is what I'd probably do. I'm probably just buying an investment property, putting a tenant in it, get that ticking along, assuming she's working full-time and can service it and all that, and then go overseas for your six months and then come back and just save up and buy a house to live in if you want. 
And, but this is one of the examples, John, you know, the caveat of, you know, getting the right property and, you know, she probably needs to allocate. I'm going to do this right now. I'm just going to do an example for Caitlin. 100,000. I want Caitlin to allocate 0.35%. I don't know why you'd need a calculator for that. I want Caitlin to allocate 0.35% of her $100,000 to a clarity call with John. So $350. (laughs) Yes. Because realistically, Caitlin's in the the boat because I say you can't wreck it. If you buy the right place with some strategic advice, we know she's a saver. We know she's got no debt. I mean, I'm probably carving 20 grand out as a bit of a buffer while I'm a, over, overseas in a way, but she could probably save that up before she goes anyway. Yeah, so that that's what I had written down. So mm. have your buffer for overseas so mm. that you can do that comfortably because mm. that's that's a critical part in her life. Mm. So peel that off. Uh, have a buffer for your property. So the worst thing you can have is a, is a property over here that's costing you money that you have to service over there pouring drinks you yeah know? so you know that um the strategy is really important for buying that property of course but you've also got a little bit of a chunk there in reserve for uh, any unforeseen and then go and do your thing overseas and and come back and hopefully you've had some growth in there but i think it's the perfect and i was talking to someone about this morning the perfect um, chance to create passive income where you're literally overseas and you've got an asset that's working for you while you're away yeah and that's it. Like you can just read it there. She's she's a worker mm. and it's really good. And for those who say, I can't save money, I would say, that's okay. I was once like you and I still get a bit spendy every now and again. Yes. Um, but good on you, Caitlin. And seriously, reply to the email that you sent this to after you hear this and I will connect you with John because I want you to invest 0.35% of your capital into some strategic clarity. Benjamin Franklin Pierce has a question. Whether to go with an index or actively managed fund for emerging markets. So emerging markets are countries and markets around the world that are doing exactly that. They're emerging. So it's not necessarily an established market like the UK or the US or Australian it's insert your emerging market here. Um, you know, a million years ago, they used to be the, they called it the BRICS, uh, Brazil, Russia, Russia, India, China, mm. uh, um, Spain, maybe I forget. It was a million years ago. But I guess what I would say, Benjamin, you clearly understand active and uh, passive investing. The lion's share of my own investments are index investments, passive, Okay. But for example, I've got an active Australian equity small cap fund because the indexes generally don't, for small caps, they don't go small enough and you really want in some markets and, you know, sectors, for example, for me, Aussie small caps, you actually really want an active manager to go, yep, that looks like a winner. That looks like a winner. Nah, we've looked at the financials of that. It's a dead duck. It's a non-starter. So I, I honestly think, and you know, a lot of, like beta shares have a lot of uh, different index funds. They tell you the ind- They tell you the index. They tell you the underlying um, country. They tell you the underlying companies. I think it's just a matter of 
if you can't find what you're looking for with emerging markets with various indexes, you may need to then look for specialty managers who go and cherry pick. Um, so, yep. yeah. Good one. And just quickly, um, there's a quick question there from Reese that was in the Facebook group. Uh, do you want to read that, John? Yeah, so Reese says, moving in with family to save for a house. Uh, we can't afford the forever house we'd like and need to start small. We'd like to build a property portfolio looking to buy around the 500k mark. Do we buy, one, the dump near the water in the area we want to live for 600k, two, the brand new place that is further out in an area we don't want to live but would be a very low maintenance rental for 500k, or three, teeny tiny brand new shoebox apartment near the water in the same area as the first house mentioned for 500k. And there's been 74 comments. Yeah, there was overwhelming uh, number ones picked, like yep. do the dump near the water yep. um, in the area they want to live in for 600K. So, and that's, would like to start building a property portfolio. They can't afford the forever home, but I'm going out on a limb to say, we'll save up, spend 600 grand um, on the dump and probably just put up with it or whatever and then maybe renovate it and then, move on and just keep it I, I don't know but then it comes back to strategy doesn't it really yeah the, when I first read this the first thing I thought of was what sort of cost of running each of these is it going to be for that person so can we handle uh, the 600k purchase to begin with sounds as though like he said uh, looking to buy around the 500k mark so 600K is not really around the 500K mark. No. Um, but- You need Kat, Caitlin to tip in 100 grand. <laughs> That's right. So can we, can we afford the 600K, but more importantly, the, the running costs of that as well? Because if it's a dump, it's probably not going to rent that well. And if it's on a uh, reasonable size block, it might be even lower yielding because there's more land value there. So look, ideally, there's plenty of bucks in yucks, right? So option one would be your choice, uh, but we don't want to get into a situation where we have to sell it because of cash flow issues. I think this is what I would be doing, Reese. Um, it's early on. I think your focus should just be to keep saving. I always say, uh, you know, if you can't get parental guarantees or inheritances and all that stuff, you really want to target 5% of a purchase price before you even think about having a bit of a chat with a mortgage broker, a serious chat because, you know, so you, realistically you're going to need at least 25 grand saved before you pull the trigger on anything. Yeah, and I'm, I took it as though he's not far off mm. to buy one of these and he's looked at these three options. Mm. He's not 12 months away. Yeah, okay. So if you are 12 months away, then don't worry about any of these options at the moment because the prices will probably be different in 12 months but... Yeah, you're right, absolutely have that plan in place. Um, just on the other two, brand new place further out in an area we don't want to live, um, could be some uh, sort of urban sprawl happening and, and buying in a early stages of a new estate. There might be some upside there um, and you'll get better rental if you um, want to rent it out. And number three, the... Location is the key for this apartment, um, but it's just about, yeah, if it's under 50 square, I'd forget it because it doesn't value well and there's 
it's not rentable or livable for a lot of owners and just understand the supply and demand in that area. Yeah, so we're, the options are in order one, three, two. Uh, for, yeah, I'd nearly go one, two, three. Okay. But, yeah, I'd need to Oh, really, sorry, yeah, well, we don't know the apartment size. I'd really yeah, know and, the and location. And that's it, like, you know, one of my properties, John, I would never want to live there. No. But it's done all right. That's right. Yeah, and that's what I was sort of getting at with that option too, but, mm. yeah. Anyway. Well done, Reese. Yeah, good good one, Reese. And thank you everybody for listening today. It's uh we did get carried away there on the, the spaceship thing, but hey if um we or you or I. Yeah. Uh but I hope it was of some value and yeah, it was. Uh if you want to send it to a friend who's been outraged by a thirty dollar fee, uh that's fine. Uh just I hope you're outraged next time you go up to the bar and buy an espresso martini for twenty eight dollars. <laughs> like it's <laughs> Jesus, like that to you now. No, well, I think the last one I bought for someone was like eighteen, nineteen dollars. Yeah, because you don't drink them. Because I don't drink. I'm like, yeah, I'll get you one, and it uh, it surprised me. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. We'll have a quick after party uh, for those who like the bands. We'll have a quick bands and give you an update on Harriet and my situation. See you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. All right, so when I did the book launch with Zoom, Harriet from last week, she was on there. And I'm like, oh, are you the Harriet who had the car thing? Uh, so she is going to sell the car. Right. Because you know how we talked about last week, how it was like, it's almost she needs permission. Mm. She, get this, because she jumped in on the Zoom. Yep. And she said, yeah, I told someone that I was going to do it and they thought she was crazy. So you, if people think your smart financial decisions are crazy, you're on the right track. Correct. Yeah. So that's a good one. Do what everyone else isn't doing. Yep. That's mm. the total key. Yeah. Um, and then just an update I shared last week. I put expressions of interest in for a block of land. Uh, I actually got an email. I'll read the email. Um, oh, while you're finding mm. that. I was uh, I did a workshop today for a group and one of the girls in the workshop uh, said, oh, I listened to your uh, podcast last week about the car and you wouldn't believe it. In this week, I crashed my car and it was insured for uh, agreed value, but because of the boom of um, the second-hand car market, I actually got six grand more than what my agreed value was in, in my insurance payout. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, which was I thought was a bit weird. So it must be agreed or market whatever's higher then. Yeah, correct. Oh, okay. So Interesting. Yeah, so I wouldn't encourage going to crash your car to get a 6K win. Yeah, so sadly the email that I got further to our email yesterday, as advised, we were inundated with applications and again would like to thank everyone who tried to secure a lot as we appreciate the process wasn't an easy one given we only had 91 lots and well over 450 applications. Yes. We now have completed uh, the allocations and clients who were successful have been notified. So unfortunately, have to advise that you haven't been successful. Uh, but we are hoping that have stage three ready for pre-launch prior to Christmas and here's the kicker. And naturally, those who missed out will be given preference. So, stage one, probably, you know, yeah. if there was 200 people left over, yeah, I actually, this all. is my theory, and I'm happy to be corrected. I think it was a marketing thing for stage three mm. because, you know, they said, all right, we're accepting allocations for stage two in two weeks' time. Within that time, they've probably gone back to the mailing list of stage one who missed out yeah. and said, hey, in two weeks, they're going like, that's the way I'm reading it. Yeah. Just to make me sleep better at night. No, I think you're probably on the money there. There's a pre-listing listing sort of thing. and Yeah. And they were never available for the, the, the general public. Yeah. And gen- there are three stages in that estate mm. and generally the third state, which is the final, will mm. be inferior and smaller blocks and more Yeah, expensive. well, it's further away from the water. Yeah. I'm going to leave my $1,000 holding deposit with their trust account yeah. just to, you know, and I said to him, all right, send me the, the list. I'll have a look at it. I'll entertain yeah. it, put yeah. it that way. Um, but And you'd like spend you said, the 1000 if you brought it, if <laughs> put it back in your account. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, unfortunate. It's like that job interview that never went your way. No, and I thought I had it. Mm. <laughs> no, I did so well. I was certain. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to just stay here for another year. Um, Tim's going to come around next week and I'm going to put new stickers on the studio. Oh. I'm going to redo the studio. Uh, I'm going to get a new rug. So just get a new bit of a, a new set here. Shout um, out to Best Signs. Best Signs, Timmy and Tabitha. Yes. Uh, good friends of John's. Great people. And we're clients of mine as a financial advisor. Yes. And... They yeah they do all our signage so we're going to revamp the studio, get rid of that old IKEA thing and make it a bit of a a bit more of a set so I can do some more YouTube. Cool. Uh, so if you do want to follow my millennial money on YouTube, you can. If you want to hire out the garage, you don't <laughs> contact me. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Not at all. Mm. All right. Good chat. All right. I'm going to cook some. Um, this is what I've been doing. I've been getting sweet potato, oh, yeah. cutting them into chip lengths. Beautiful. And cooking them in the oven. So nice. Making my own chips. So nice. And you've got oranges now for dessert. Yes. You promised <laughs> me that last week. So I delivered. Thank you. Unfortunately, not as many as I would have liked because the kids went crazy on them. So, who do you know the people with the land? No, you can just the public can go and pick. Oh, yeah. is it like a, yeah, okay. Because yeah. um, Tim and Karinia, friends of mine, and everyone, Karinia's been on the show with the IVF episode, and Tim's my friend, who's my power of attorney, and yeah. all that. Um, yeah, Karinia took the kids up there the other day and got yep. some oranges. Yeah, so nice. My blueberries out the front before you go. Do you like blueberries? Love them. It's been amazing. Mm. Harvester's been here. And I've got a moral quandary. 
So a girlfriend of like four years ago bought me that blueberry tree as a baby tree. An ex. An ex. Do I contact her and say, hey, the, tree, <laughs> hey, the tree's going great. It's just, you know, it's taken four years to just turn on. and Here's your punnet. Yeah, come and maybe we should catch up and, you know, <laughs> come have a couple of blueberries. Oh, you're married now? Yeah, bring him over. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> meet, his, meet the kids. Yeah, come and have a look at the blueberries bush you bought me because she bought it and it was a little baby tree. Wow, it's very thoughtful of her. Yeah. And I'll you know, show you something else in my house that was a gift from her as well. <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. I've got to do You know what they say when you sow a seed? What? It blooms. It blooms. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't throwing any seed around. All right, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.